Yeah, why do you even talk to people if you're not recording it for a podcast? Right? It's a good uh-huh. point. Yeah. Like our last episode where we <laughs> recorded ourselves eating endless shrimp at Red Lobster. <laughs> uh... It really is unfortunate that this episode is coming out after that one because we're going to lose all our listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one's, no one's going to listen to this one because they're like, that, that's it. They jumped the shark. <laughs> we, we literally went to a Red Lobster to eat endless shrimp. Just put a set up our recording setup at Red Lobster. Just recorded there. You guys are so innovative. <laughs> Listen, you guys, insane. we're all laughing, but what if that just is your claim to fame? <laughs> That's our um. Trying to, I don't even know. That's our Woodstock. That's our Woodstock. Yeah. yeah. But we were actually saying on the way out, like, what if this is like people's favorite episode, and like now our new podcast has to be like a conversation at a different restaurant every <laughs> now yeah, it'd be like uh, podcast but outside only it's like podcast but in restaurant mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we call it apps and zerts apps and zerts okay it's half of podcasting is the name so <laughs> we got it. we got it mm-hmm. we'd listen oh. mm-hmm <laughs> I'd be like, where are they going this week? We were telling, or we were asking our servers, like, if it was okay. And they kept being like, oh, like a mukbang. <laughs> and I'm like, Cameron didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that was. He explained it to me. And I was like, oh, I see now. It's like, not exactly like that. No. <laughs> our our server, like, came over. It was like, uh, what can I get you guys to drink? And I was like, can we actually talk to your manager? It has nothing to do with you. We're just weirdos. <laughs> We're just about to do something. I don't know. I mean, more power to you guys. I I can't imagine even broaching that subject in public and asking someone. I sat like, there hey, like this. Do you mind true. if we record while we eat shrimp? Like, I wouldn't be able to ask. We would both start sweating so profusely we'd have to leave within the first two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well... I have no sense of awkwardness. Like nothing has ever made me feel awkward in my entire life. Um, I just do things. I don't know. What is that like? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know the alternative. Um, I feel awkward while I'm asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty extreme. Um, one of our best friends got married. Cameron wasn't able to get there. Oh, yeah. Um, and I <laughs> oh was I was late um so I like got there and like it was like a two or three hour car ride so I was kind of a wreck so I ran to the restroom and like tucked in my shirt and got ready and then I came I came out and the um bride was like poised to go in and uh I knew her um and her name was Angela and she goes oh Chance going in I'm like no no that's okay and she's like no go in go in I'm like Angela the moment I walk in there it doesn't matter if it's in five minutes or two minutes ago, they are all going to stand for the bride. <laughs> like, so you go in and then I'll go in. She's like, that's silly. Get in there. Sure enough, I walk in and everyone had just stood and was like, for the bride. <laughs> I was like, yep. Hey. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, everybody. And then this flower girl like runs by my leg um, really fast. And you know how like double doors, one of them is like latched on the top and bottom. Uh-huh. Have you ever like hit one of those and had it reverberate? Yeah. Well, that's what my elbow did. <laughs> it hit that door to dodge that little girl. So it was like announcing. Oh. My I thought arrival. you were trying to you. The friend of the groom is here. <laughs> and everyone in the place just erupt, erupts in laughter. And I'm just like, hey, I wasn't and even there. And you felt completely fine? Yeah, I was good. I've heard this story so many times and I'm still cracking it. 
uh, I was good. Our, our, one of our best friends, wife, I went and sat down next to her. Um, he was in the, he was in the wedding. She goes, I hate that it was you that did that because anyone else would have died. <laughs> I'm just like, it's no, whatever. Oh, if I could walk in your shoes for 24 hours, it'd be so wonderful. She'd walk into so many weddings. Brought to you by the college football playoff. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. Huh, that was a that was a choice. I mean it's what's it's what's about to happen. Okay. In the college football playoff. Oh, because it's a tournament uh-huh. that's about to happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm, it's I'm not much of a tournament. It. It's like four teams. It's literally nothing. Yeah. Our uh, our alma mater lost its chance to go into it today. They were I we don't care. We don't care. I mean, it would have been nice. You know, uh-huh. we you paid know. them a lot of money. Yeah, I, think I paid for those uniforms, maybe. <laughs> At least part of it. We play, paid a $5 walking on the grass fee every semester, mm-hmm. um, which when you think about it is an obscene amount of money for every student to pay. But uh, that's where they get you. It's true. Um, well, I don't want to keep them silent very long because they're maybe our favorite guests that we have. Easily. Yeah. Definitely the most like returning and recurring guest. Yeah, because they're the most had. fun. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a story about them. But first, let's sing them in. Okay, here they are. Because it's Alden and Tanya. Alden and Tanya coming on our show. Boy Meets World Fever. It's what they're doing good to know i got friends who will always podcast with me because it's alden and tanya Woo! yeah i feel like the last time i sing it the other way around it's i don't think tanya so and alden. It, I, maybe is there a way people say your names it's usually alden's first i think yeah i for a long time like when i was doing the 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 podcast data for each episode i would like every episode i would switch it up Alden and Tanya are here or Tanya and Alden are here to talk about. And I noticed that just every time anybody posted in the Facebook group, it was just Alden and Tanya. So I was like, it must roll off the tongue better. I don't want to put myself first. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now he doesn't put our names in it at all. (laughs) That's not true. I always just call us the boys. (laughs) We're just the boys. (laughs) That is my least favorite part of podcasting, by the way. Was trying to think of what to put in the little like text box of every mm-hmm. episode yep i agree it is one of my it feels so it's, it feels so self-indulgent yeah there's like so many ways you can go there's like the way we do it where it's like very minimal but i know you don't listen to it but friends at the table does mm-hmm. like basically there's entire lore dumps and stories that happen just within their episode descriptions from week to week <laughs> And I never read them. <laughs> that was but, the question I was about to ask is, do you read them? <laughs> no, I don't. But it's like, sometimes they make reference to it or like, and moments are like, oh, we, we met this character. If you're reading the episode descriptions and we've seen, I'm just like, what? <laughs> we're sorry. So sorry, audience. We're never going to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't even tweet or. <laughs> no, we have no social media presence. Like you guys are so much better at that, but. This is oh. now podcasters talking podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Podcasters on podcast. Um, actually, I 
I ha- have something to blame on both of you. Um, oh, no. Chance <laughs> uh, are never going to want to come back now. It's true. We originally invited them on for our In Memoriam of Jonathan Turner episode. Uh-huh. Um, may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. And because they weren't here to rein in our insanity, oh. we came up with this theory. Um, it's a doozy. <laughs> That the reason that Jonathan Turner appears so suddenly and then disappears so suddenly in the show is because he's actually a Corey Matthews from an alternate timeline where things ended disastrously come back to take care of Sean. Like the Terminator? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. But more positive. More positive. He came back to make sure Sean didn't go astray. So this timeline's Corey Matthews could keep his friend. Um, I'm actually very glad we did not uh, show up to that episode because this theory is very good. And if we had come on the show that night, you might not have come up with it. Yeah, I think uh, you said you blamed us for it, which is fantastic because now we can take the credit for it and we didn't do anything. You're right. We're responsible. This is like in the flash is it zoom where he's like yeah i have to be the villain to make your hero's journey happen <laughs> and you guys are the villain to chance's hero's journey we you guys are very kind what you mean to say is we're insane people <laughs> no it tracks 100 percent. i mean the more i think about it the more sense it actually makes is the problem it's why i can't let it go <laughs> He really we can't. just found out about it two seconds ago, and I'm all in on this theory. I mean, Minkus disappears at the end of season one. He's figured out time travel. He gets Corey from the future. He brings him back. The only other time in the show they reference Turner is when Minkus is there at the end of season five. <laughs> I just, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I like that you blamed us for not being here, and that's why you talked about it. And now we are here, and you're talking about it. So it's true. How can I, we, what, what do we do? I don't, damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> Well, I just had to just share the outcome of of, of, of that night with you guys because we're like we're like boy meets world touched by an angel. Like we have guided you into this situation (laughs) by knowing when to cancel your heads. (laughs) Just a glow from behind. You kind of backlit both of you by the lamps behind you. So yeah, especially behind our heads, like a halo. I do like that because there's like if if we were a touched by an angel episode, like at the very end, it just cuts to us and we're like, hmm, let's cancel. And then <laughs> it's like they're doing I'm their an magic angel again. Sent by God, and I'm not going to come on your show. The truth of Jonathan Turner being Corey Matthews needs to be out there in the world. <laughs> it was within you this whole time. Uh, I was listening. Um, so when I was doing the the prep for this, obviously the last episode is I listened to our rating and our MVP and everything. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to like compile the seeds and everything. And I just didn't turn off our episode. So just kept playing. You it, went into it some more. Yeah. It went on to like when I went into the details of why I think this theory is true. And I'm just like, gosh, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> But you're our crazy person. So yeah, if you uh, out there didn't get to the end of that episode because it was the episode Learning to Fly. We don't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, go to the end and listen to our theory because it's wild. And good. I just had to to get that out there. Get that out there. 
But we're not here to talk about that anymore for, for now. For now. Who knows what could happen later. But it is tournament time. It's true. So today is our season four tournament of champions where we are going to scientifically and inarguably determine the best episode of season four of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Yep. It's always my favorite episode of the year or of the season because we've Cause done. This is like our third one this maybe second this calendar year. Yep. Um, but it's always my favorite episode. Um, I just like doing it and having great guests on is just um, part of the bonus. Uh, a few interesting notes before we do the honorable mentions. Um, this season was very all or nothing, which I didn't realize. Like when we were rating the episodes, we either gave it like a 7.5 or above, or we just said, I don't know. It's like a six or something. <laughs> Like the that makes sense. The only score you and I gave lower than a six was the last episode, Learning to Fly. You gave it a five, and I gave it a five point five. And I literally said that I said I don't know a five, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the only thing lower than a six we gave. So it was a very all or nothing season for our recording. I think every episode that didn't make the tournament just had a, a six average because we just like floated it a six because why not? Uh-huh. It's like, this is fine. <laughs> so I found that very interesting when compiling the data for this season. Yeah. Season four seems like forever go- ago to us. Uh, so we went through the episodes today and I felt the same way. Like some of these are so amazing. And then some of them are so forgettable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the dishonorable mention. Yes. We do have one dishonorable mention, which should come as no surprise. Yeah. We really didn't like it. We hope it's not one of your guys' favorite episodes. Um, but the episode Learning to Fly, the season finale, just had no business being a season finale. Mm. Like, I agree with that 100%. It was absolutely, I think we talked about it on our show too, where the, the episode before it was a season finale. Mm-hmm. And then they just like tack on this random episode at the end. Yeah. When and it's you- not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> You easily just could have had like the tag at the end of cult fiction be Eric's meeting with the Dean and you would have had a better season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But instead we, we watched go to Corey get seduced. State University. And definitely cheat on Topanga, by the way. Yeah. What he did was cheating. Cheating. Even if he didn't cheat as much as he could have. Um, other ones that um, were not as hated by us. More honorable mentions. Yeah, more honorable. Um, fishing for Verna. We did not care about the Verna storyline at all. No. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they really wanted to make it a thing, but uh, they sing- wanted to. They didn't do a very good job. We both described singled out as just popcorn. It's fine. <laughs> like uh-huh. it's not giving us any nutrition, but it's it's fine. It's there. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah, remember. We what felt the, the same way. In that one. I don't either. What were you guys saying? Yeah, we felt the same way about singled out. That we, we talked about it when it was over. Like well, that was an episode. <laughs> <laughs> it existed. I don't know. Um, Uncle Daddy. Um, <sighs> one that I thought might make the tournament, but it just didn't. This one. I am very upset to see Uncle Daddy not in the tournament. The reason that we didn't like it, the reason that we gave it such a low score is because presenting the dichotomy to Eric, like you can either go be a dad 
or take your SATs was one of the most absurd premises we could possibly think. Like, Yeah, no, it absolutely was absurd. But the whole thing was like, and, and Eric runs into this constantly where he has such a good heart and such good intentions. And he is willing to um, put himself on the line to really be a part of people's lives to help people. And everyone's just like, meh. No, go do something else. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and it was just such a bummer for mm-hmm. us. Like the show was like, no, Eric, don't do this thing. Go to college instead? Question mark. <laughs> go study for your SATs. Also, Corey was just the worst. Yeah, Corey was awful in that episode. Um, <laughs> you, you guys sent the brackets out and I forwarded them on to Tanya. And I just like, she's going through it and not really saying anything. And then she just, I just hear, Uncle Daddy? <laughs> All of that being said, I think Uncle Daddy, there's a few episodes here that I would put Uncle Daddy in front of, but it's just the way things averaged out. Oh, mm-hmm. So you're saying it's not your fault. It may be your co-host. Well, it's Matt's fault. It's really because we don't, we don't, re- we don't rate these with the intent of doing it at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. It's just like a happening and feelings like, did we have a guest on that one? No, we didn't. Oh, we can't pin it on them. <laughs> no. <laughs> You can blame Oz for not being there. Yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> if you were just there. If we, we had been there, it would have been an eight. I actually I actually kind of did a double take because I was like, janitor dad got in, but Uncle Daddy didn't. Yeah, okay. that dad doesn't episode, make any sense. Yeah, explain um, that math. <laughs> it's it's that new math. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then quiz show, which is a bummer. It's not in the tournament because we, it's literally what our show is named after. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> So much of our branding for the show comes from the episode quiz show, and we didn't like it enough to put it at the tournament. It's one of those, yeah. you know, rose-colored glasses scenarios. That is funny. When we did uh, the quiz show episode, I think it was like 20 minutes in before I was like, that's where they cut their name from. Yeah. And, Tanya was and like, why we start uh, every episode with a brought yeah. to you by. Yeah. It was... yep. we, uh, we based our whole identity our whole on a brand on a subpar episode. On an honorable mention. <laughs> Um, but that all that being said, with the exception of Uncle Daddy, this is the happiest I've ever been with the bracket. <laughs> like, mm. I really think the episodes that are in this tournament deserve to be in the tournament. There's not like a, I don't know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. How did like, you get in here? How did you get in here? Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to to get to it. Uh, for the everyone at home, just as a reminder, we're gonna do the the first episodes with a minute timer. Like you have one minute to make a case about why this show should go on. Um, just because we want to keep it positive and not negative. Um, then we'll get negative in round two. Yeah, in round two we get negative. <laughs> Don't worry. So um, you just make a piece of why you think the the show should go on, um, and then we'll all vote for which one goes on. Then in the next few rounds, we'll actually talk about the episode's merits versus the other one and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth until we come up with a winner. Yes. And here it is. (laughs) Our low budget sound bite. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it with our first matchup, which is the first seated B&B's B&B versus Easy Street. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So are you each gonna pick one? Yeah. In our first bracket, we have B and B's B and B against Easy Street, and then Shallow Boy up against Security Guy. Yeah. If we, it, it, if you want to offer to take one, that'd be great. But do you, either Just, of you have a preference of those four? I'll take B and B's B and B. Okay. I'll take Shallow Boy. 
I'll do easy street. <laughs> uh, and I'll do security guy. Okay, that's great. Okay, so Tanya's up first with B and B's B and B. All right, all right. My- I'm just arguing the merit of the episode. Yeah, just uh-huh. why do you think this is a good episode? I mean, I've done this before, but I completely forgot it's how. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Okay. B and B B and B's B and B is the most difficult title to say, but it is the best episode of the season. Um, the physical comedy is amazing. The whole sequence where they're going like in and out the doors and around the house is phenomenal. And Mr. Feeney is fantastic and has really good jokes. Corey is hilarious and like neurotic as he is, but like in a really funny way. Yes, yes, it's yes. the best. All the right. Best. 36 seconds. Way to go. Is that good or bad? Should she have filled out 24 more seconds? No. You know, it's okay. It's probably for my the first round to be positive and quick. And quick. Right. So now I have to talk about Easy Street mm-hmm. and say what's good about it. <laughs> and, and I'll go. tell you the good things about Easy Street right now is Soupy Sales. And is it Buddy Hackett? Uh-huh. And that's about it. Like, but they're great. Like the two mobsters that work at Sal are not working. They do work at Sal's. They do some work there. Um, but they're there. The life lesson of don't join the mob is one that we all really need to take to heart. And so they just do a really good job with the episode of making sure it's something really relevant for the kids around Christmas time and to just make good life choices about joining the mob. Time. <laughs> Easy Street has kind of become a recurring joke on our podcast. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, Boy Meets World has all these lessons. And then one of them is, hey, don't join the mob. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. Uh, so Easy Street's going on, right? Uh, <laughs> what? That was, that was a joke. Now, <laughs> they're looking at me like, are you being for real right now? We're only supposed to talk about the positive things, guys. So I was doing my very best. Positive. You did great. You did really well. Uh-oh. It's not very good. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's a little... It's a little much. Yeah. Um, the two comedians playing the mobsters are hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think the clear winner here for me is B&B's B&B. I agree. Yeah, it's... Yeah, definitely. All right. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Up next, Alden is talking about Shallow Boy, and I'm talking about Security Guy. Okay. Now, bear in mind, I have a terrible memory, so I apologize if I forget good moments but uh shallow boy is one of my favorite episodes of the series mostly because it's just fun and funny um the watching eric go through this like relationship and have her turn it around and become famous off of him and like people are what there's a there's a scene in there where morgan is listening to shallow boy um i just i love the slapstickness i guess of that whole situation um and then also with the b plot we have cory and topanga with the babysitting and uh that was really enjoyable to watch even though yeah Corey is being really annoying um but it's especially like i love the scene at the end or or towards the end where uh cory is like see like kids listen to me you just have to be there for kids and then morgan's like sneaking her friends in behind them <laughs> yeah that's true i, I kind of forget about that <clears throat> yeah it's very good all right and i've got security guy um I think Security Guy is the end to like a, a string of episodes um, that includes like Stormy Weather and You Can Go Home Again that really leads up to this culmination of like who is Eric going to be. Um, and I think it's one of the more successful and heartwarming of those because um, it, it really does 
show like he's a screw up, which I wish we saw more of him actually screwing up to like drive that point home. But like it says, like Eric is a screw up and he needs to like have these hard lessons to grow up. Um, So I think it's, I think it's fairly successful at what it sets out to do. Um, And Sean is hilarious with thinking that the SAT questions are really simple. Like (laughs) which of these is sweet sugar or salt? Oh, no. we've never hit the timer going off. It's true. Yes. Security guy and shallow boy. Sugar is sweeter, just uh, for our listeners at home. Yes. In case they're wondering. Um, in case they've got the SATs coming up. <laughs> Study up, kids. <laughs> um, that being said, all of that said, I vote for shallow boy. <laughs> so I surprisingly, and I think I'm surprising myself by saying this, I vote security guy. Oh, uh, my main reason for voting security guy is not based on anything anyone said, but it's based on at the end when Eric is talking to his colleague and his colleague is studying for the SATs mm-hmm. and Eric is like, oh, like, that's what you're doing. You're going to go to school now. And he's like, oh, you know, I was really successful in my country and now I have to start all over here. And It's a really eye-opening thing when you realize that that's happening. And I think it was a really important part of the show that's kind of glossed over. And that's why I'm voting for Security Guy. Yeah, I love that moment, too. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. Yeah. And I think that we have a moment sort of like that again in season five, right? Where Eric helps Mr. Feeney in the citizenship class. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 So I think even like more like in a wider spectrum, we see that, Mm -hmm. which is always good. But I also think I'm voting for Shallow Boy. <laughs> I, too, am voting for Shallow Boy. I Just because it's the only episode where you can sing the song over and over again. Uh-huh. That's true. Uh, now, I, I, I think um, Security Guy is really good, too. I just, I, there, was, there, was a, there were a couple things that just kind of rubbed me over the wrong way, where it just kind of makes this whole, like, well, aren't you going to amount to anything? So, which really, really bugged me. Like he found something that he loved to do mm-hmm. and they were just throwing it at him. Like, really? You want to be a security guard? Well, and they do mm-hmm. that with Sean and Eric over and over and over again. Like their, their um, drive to do things isn't what people want them to do. So mm-hmm. everyone tells them that they're doing it wrong. Like, Sean didn't have to take the SATs and he didn't have to go to college. He could right. have done something else. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Eric, Eric didn't have to go to college. He had a job and he could have continued doing that job and been fine and not gone into debt going to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking during that episode, like an apprenticeship for how to run a business is like super invaluable. Like mm-hmm. staying with his dad and yeah, more than going and take like, English lit yeah, one and mm-hmm. two or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think so, that's part of the, the bummer of the Eric and Sean storylines is like, it's never like, Hey, what are you passionate about? Pursue that. It's like, Oh no, college, mm-hmm. like college, college, college. Even yeah. Feeney in the episode isn't like, doesn't like stop Corey with his like stupid scheme. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stop him with his scheme and is like, no, let's talk to Mr. Hunter about, where he sees himself in the future. He's like, oh yeah, well, he's got to go to college. So <laughs> you got to get the butts in the seats. <laughs> so I think this one is, this one is hard. Cause I do like security guy a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I've also never laughed as hard as I laugh at a certain scene in shallow boy. <laughs> Which scene? <laughs> where he's dumping her. Oh, is that a minor chord? <laughs> I think <laughs> that whole scene 
is yeah. probably some of the most I laugh in all of movies for. I moved it on. Okay. Also, I learned the high, hot keys for strike through this week. So I'm really? striking through on the what is ooh, it? The uh, thing. Not that anybody at home can see that, but what what's the hot key? I'm on a Mac, so it's Command Shift X. Oh, well, that that doesn't help. So I imagine that'd be Control Shift X on Windows. Oh, they typically translate that way. I'm saying it's very nice. I'll try. I have to strike through every once in a while for work, and it's always like a six-minute process of me mm-hmm. trying to remember how to do it. Where do I find that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I finally looked X. it up. Okay. There's a hot spreadsheet tip for all you guys at home. <laughs> all right. So now we have uh, Chick Like Me, You Can Go Home Again, Dangerous Secret, and Cult Fiction. Ooh. Oh, my. Hold on. Mm. We have to play this. Oh, that's right. Literally the, the second matchup, and I'm already forgetting. <laughs> All right, I call Dangerous Secret. Whoa, okay. okay. I just... Come out I need, hot. I need, I need to make that clear. Okay. I'm going to talk about You Can't Go Home Again. I'm going to do Chick Like Me, I think. I guess I'll do Cult Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> we can let you pick first next time, Alden, because I think you've gotten the... Well, I went last last. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Do you have a problem with Cult Fiction? Because I'll trade you. Nope, I'm good. All cult right. Fiction's good. All right, let me pull up my timer. Chick Like Me versus... You can go go home again. Yep. All right. I think my biggest surprise of the entire season was Chick Like Me because I was prepared for it to be a problematic mess of just 90s, like, uh, what's what's it when you're afraid of gay people? Gay panic. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just <clears throat> thought it was going to be this hotbed of, of trash. And while I think the metaphor of, like, Black Like Me to Chick Like Me is a little clumsy... Or a lot clumsy. Or a lot clumsy, sure. Um, but I think the episode actually approaches it in a really good way. Um, they don't paint anyone, with the exception of like Alan's outbursts, they don't paint anyone too problematically. And Corey, it's his highlight of the season, I think. He is so funny as Cora. Um, he, he's, a, he's a mess, but he's very funny. That's it. All right. And then you can go home again. Mm-hmm. So this is our... Beginning of the season. Um, I think this is also a very funny episode and one which is moments that I always think about, um, especially, you know, the the Quaker man or Amish man. I, I think he's probably a Quaker. He's got the hat. Um, but he's like, I live at that farmhouse there. Um, and like the sprinkle parade. It's just really absurd in a way that Boy Meets World isn't usually. And so I feel like it stands out for that. And then unrelated to the episode itself, I feel like it's really opened a lot of doors on our show. <laughs> to really just kind of explain what's going on in the greater world of Boy Meets World. And it all kind of starts with this episode of You Can't Go Home Again. So I think it's important to the canon of Boy Meets World. Okay. Stop. Our theory is that Pottstown's like a purgatory dimension. (laughs) um, Where if you go and eat the soup and the pie, you can't leave. (laughs) Kind of like a Hotel California. You're kind Mm -hmm. of stuck there. But then Alan comes and like pulls them out and rescues them. I vote you make an audio fiction podcast based on this theory. Like have voice actors and everything do that. We're we're going to have to. It, it takes a lot of work to make the continuity of this make sense mm-hmm. as if it was always intended. <laughs> the hoops we've created for ourselves to have to jump through. They this entire season they jump between tenth and eleventh grade so constantly. <laughs> like Corey's sixteenth birthday, we're in eleventh grade. Like 
that and they jumped so much we had to we had to come up with some things including a purgatory dimension a hell dimension and a time displaced turner better you than us if we had decided to do that early on we would never have continued (laughs) (laughs) we We would have dropped it mid season two we're lazy podcasters also that's just so Mm -hmm. so difficult to to piece that together uh but uh i would vote for you can't go home again or you can go home again okay. uh, i just love that episode it's so fun and and like the quaker man that you said it, i mean it's become like a recurring joke between us and and our facebook forum like forum it was in 1999 mm-hmm. facebook group <laughs> um like oh you can get as far as that farmhouse over there oh you, uh, but i'm going to town well i'll take you as far as that farmhouse over there. Yeah. My intentions were just and my heart was pure. Um, <laughs> I'm a little hard on You Can't Go Home Again for this tournament just because this episode is actually very um, uh, important to the development of the friendship between Cameron and I. I don't remember a time in our friendship where we weren't making jokes about that farmhouse there or saying uh-huh. like, that may be true, but my intentions were just and my heart is pure. <laughs> Like it's very foundational to our friendship mm-hmm. of 14, 15 years at this point. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to be hard on it. Well, yeah, because like, you're, you got the nostalgia. Cause I'm, there's a lot of nostalgia here. Um, and it was, I loved that episode. It was just as funny as I thought it would be. But man, Chick Like Me, I thought did a great job. Like it wasn't perfect, but for a 90s show tackling gender issues, I thought it did really well. So for the surprise, I'm going to vote for Chick Like Me. What do you say, Tonya? I am voting for You Can Go Home Again. Um based solely on the fact that when we watched that episode, it hit me really, really hard that a sprinkle parade would be just the most delightful experience in the world. And I talked about it and I talked about it and I talked about it until my birthday came around and I pulled into the driveway after work and my whole family is standing in the driveway looking ridiculous. (laughs) Like... And they all have bowls full of sprinkles behind their backs. So I step out of my car and they just dump sprinkles over my head in the driveway. Was it as delightful as I thought it would be? Absolutely. Yes. It was the (laughs) best thing ever. It was so good. And that is why I vote for that episode. That and the fact that like, I wish they hadn't brought Black Like Me into Chick Like Me because when it comes down to it, like the the whole, um, there's a lot behind that that is mm-hmm. a big problem. And um, it, yeah. it just, I don't know. I think like for us, we were growing up in that era and it wasn't like we kind of gradually learned like, oh, hey, this that seemed like it was a good idea was super not a good idea. Like you can have empathy for people without actually like being a problem. Right. Um, so that that's my one gripe with that episode. But yeah. Oh, and I agree. The, the worst part of that, that episode is that like they, they did this a lot this season, like Rwandan genocide, class conflict yeah, mm-hmm. between trailer park mm-hmm. people and not. And like Black Like Me is deeply problematic. And we even talk about it in the episode, like, like at the end of the day, he got to go home and like not be this. <laughs> like you can't mm-hmm. compare his experience to an actual person of color's experience because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Um, I mean, and not to mention mm, blackface. Yeah. <laughs> also that, yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you can go home again also. Just because it's just, 
of I, I love it. It's a, it's just a very good episode. Yeah, I, I just felt like I could not fairly vote for mm-hmm. it. And chick like me, the actual parts that weren't about black like me really surprised me with how well done they were. Mm-hmm. And Cora is very good. So Cora, mm-hmm. we'll remember Cora. Pour one out for Cora. But you can go home again. Right, moving on. All right. Who had Dangerous Secret? Oh, Tanya. Me. All right. Tell me when you're ready. Uh, I am ready. All right. Okay. So Dangerous Secret Secret is a really important example of how the hurt people hurt people trope is not correct because Sean is a hurting person who helped somebody. Um, and... I think that was really, really important to see. Um, and then it also kind of like opened people's eyes to different types of abuse and mistreatment and um, kind of showcased the fact that what Sean goes through is abuse. And that's how he recognized what was happening with Claire. And when a lot of people kind of act like, oh, you know, he's just like not really taken care of. Um, and then, you know, how they help her through it was really good. I, I don't quite exactly remember, um, what it was about the end. Cause it's been a really long time since we watched this episode, but there was something at the end that I was like, Oh no, that's, that's not good at all. Um, and I wish I could remember what it was, but all in all, I think it was a really, really good representation. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, it, at, at the end of it, it, I guess we're not supposed to be negative. Sorry. Okay. Well, uh, I, <laughs> well you I th- can be. I think I was going to bring it up uh, after. Let's hear about cult fiction first. Yeah. Let's do it. And then we'll let the chips fall where they may. Uh, cult fiction is a fun episode. Um, hmm. I'm trying not to touch on anything that's problematic about it. Uh, cult fiction has a lot of funny jokes. Um, and it is a, it is a very... Uh, integral part of boy meets world you know watching sean go through um actually you know the fear of losing mr turner uh Mm -hmm. and it's the beginning of what you guys figured out is a time warp scenario so um, (laughs) i I have too much more to say about it because i just keep start thinking about things that i don't want to talk about um this is actually surprising me but when I think about these two episodes, I think I want to go Dangerous Secret. I want to hear what everyone else has to say, but I think that's my vote. Um, I think Dangerous Secret is absolutely a better episode. I It's so, so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those where like, I know in my heart that I love that episode, but if I had the option to turn this or Cult Fiction on, I would turn on Cult Fiction because... I don't want to. I don't want to be in that headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but as far as the bracket goes, I'm going to vote for um, Dangerous Secret. Yeah, I I do want to. I think I see where which way this is going. But just remembering when we talked about cult fiction and kind of looking into like cults and the way that they operate and just seeing how actually like the writing like they did a really good job of kind of showing the yeah. indoctrination and how they were like just kind of hook people in and all the ways they go about that. And just because kind of from the outside, before we really looked into it, we we're like, well, this just seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but then kind of looking at the the steps, like it's very condensed because it's like over the course of a day or two. Um, but just kind of seeing how they rope Sean into it. And it's like, oh, they really kind of did like their research and looking at what they were doing. Um, so I think it's just a, it's a really well written episode. Yeah, um, I, th- I think we too, like when we saw that, that was our biggest complaint or my biggest complaint was that it should have been 
playing out over the course of two or three episodes because it was mm-hmm. too now this is happening this is happening this is happening this is happening and just made it seem more uh, unbelievable but also having eric kind of go through all of the jokes in between made it feel um almost disrespectful to anybody who's actually been in a situation like this mm-hmm. yeah yeah we we had said that too that we think eric he didn't he, add anything he didn't he, he probably shouldn't have been in the episode like mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have some critiques of dangerous secret, but I, I think I'm going to save them. Cause I, it seems to me at least like it's going to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't say, but I would vote dangerous secret as well. Um, I'm going to vote dangerous secret, but I do think, um, there is a lot of merit to, um, to what is it called? Cult fiction. Cult fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's getting late. Um, um, and there's merit to to showing, you know, how they hook people and that often they they do look for people who feel um, out of place or lonely or second fiddle or um, just looking for somewhere to belong. And um, it's, it's uh, that part, it was actually really hard for me to watch um, knowing that it, that's absolutely how cults operate. Um, But yeah, dangerous secret. Yeah, I was, this is kind of an upset because I think Cold Fiction was our third highest rated episode on this bracket mm-hmm. in far, as far as points go. But when I'm really thinking about it, like objectively, I mean, I can't be objective because I'm a human being, but <laughs> like as objectively as I can be, when I'm looking at it, like Cold Fiction is definitely the more iconic episode. Like you're going to hear a lot more people talk about Cold Fiction than Dangerous Secret. Mm-hmm. However, I think Dangerous Secret does what it what it sets out to do better. Like mm-hmm. I, the cult stuff, I think is very valuable. Like Tony was just saying, but it does happen far too quickly. Um, and I do think Ryder Strong's performance when he's talking to Turner in the hospital bed is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's, oh, go ahead. Actually, no, I was just saying, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the show's biggest weakness is just the nature of the episodic sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like they're trying to tell these big stories, but they're trying to do it in 22 minutes. Yeah. When it's like, it's something that could be served over time. We'll get into it too. When we talk, get to long walk to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and kind of our thoughts on that one too, just because it's like, we're trying to condense things so much that need to be like fleshed out. Need time to breathe. Yeah. Um, but all that positive being said about cold fiction, just to eulogize it away because it's leaving, like making the whole thing like, about what Sean believes in was a big misunderstanding uh-huh. yeah. for me. Like, do you believe in God? Like ask like three or four times. Like, anything? What are you, what are you talking about right now? Well, and, and I, I think that was a misstep too, as well. Like it going from, well, if you're not in a cult, obviously you must believe in God then. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, mm-hmm. all right, well, you, missed the, you there, missed the mark. There are no cults that believe in God. Absolutely right. none. Cults don't claim to believe in God. <laughs> they believe in Mr. Mac. <laughs> yeah yeah so um cult fiction the first upset of the tournament yeah this is the kill your darlings kind of scenario yeah i don't know how that happened but it's what it's the nature of the thing so here we go wow this cross out is pretty cool yeah strike through man all right next up we have 16 candles and 400 pound men wheels hair today goon tomorrow and i ain't gonna spray lettuce no more i would like 16 candles and 400 pound men fantastic i do want it noted really quick that tied for third place for our mvp of the season is frankie and frankie was uh in six, th- th- that that episode in turkey day and, and that's got, it and he's got only it. in those two episodes and he tied for oh my gosh <laughs> 
I, hey, I agree with you guys. What an injustice that he's only in two episodes. That's uh, true. That's the bigger thing to talk about right now. Well, he's also in Fishing for Verna, but just oh, but, like yeah. little moments. <laughs> but he's also the best part of that episode. Probably. Mm-hmm. My watch runs slow. Pray that I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He probably, he probably should have been. But anyway, uh, so 16... 16- candles and 400 pound men what about you tanya um i'll take wheels okay do you have a preference i think i ain't gonna spray lettuce no more all right that means hair today goon tomorrow is mine all right you are up alden well all i gotta say is frankie is so great um we've got the um the wrestling subplot i mean we get to see the uh it's obviously kind of like a a sitcom-y joke kind of thing where we have took a lot of issue from from a podcasting perspective where Corey is running back and forth between both things and like why would you really do that but that doesn't make it not fun to watch it's really fun to watch mm-hmm. um if it was somebody i know or knew i'd be like this is stupid but as a tv show god it was funny to watch mm-hmm. um and then to have it end on such a sweet note mm-hmm. yeah for real all right and wheels um so wheels was good because uh cory let's see hmm. <laughs> <laughs> eric was funny i don't mm, yep I, you picked it i know i there picked were th- it. two other choices <laughs> i forgot oh that i i forgot that i didn't really like this episode <laughs> <laughs> no it was your favorite it was you gotta go it's just your favorite <laughs> it was funny that Corey couldn't really drive and he wasn't comfortable with it um and that's that's about it he was a jerk to his family mm-hmm. well, we get the dad from the wonder years well, yeah we get the dad from the wonder years that's true uh judge lamb is the best part of the episode he really is mm-hmm. And in our theories he's the ruler of the speed trap hell dimension who condenses time <laughs> into two years with his judgment of Alan getting two more years with Corey. Yeah. He just turned 16, but he only gets two more years with Corey instead of three. So we just, we decided that he collapsed Corey's junior sophomore sophomore year into one year year. um, as punishment. (laughs) Uh, So that was our, that's what came out of that. So That's the only really important part that comes out of that episode. And 16 candles and 400 pound men is clearly the winner in my book. Yeah. It's a delight. Um, I don't know why wheels is this high. I didn't really like it. Well, I mean, it's the, probably the very last episode. It's number 16 out of the 16 that made it. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) uncle daddy should have been in instead of it. Yes. 100%. Yes. That would have made, made this decision much more difficult. Little Ryan would still be crushed by a big van Vader. So (laughs) uh so uh 16 candles 400 pound men yeah. yes we have an accord we have an accord. easiest easiest one yet everyone just imagine that i'm playing that sound by it's just too stressful to me to go back and forth <laughs> i have to keep unlocking my phone it's just too yeah, hard i will just sing it you're the best oh alden will he's he's the musician mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh hold on let me put on my musician face <laughs> <laughs> you're the best uh-huh. I don't know how far I can go before it's a problem. I loved it. Yeah, before we get claimed for copyright. Yeah. If any episode's going to take us down, it's last week's episode when there's (laughs) just the music playing in Red Lobster. Yeah. That's just in. That was in the background of the whole thing. It's very faint, but it's there. (laughs) So 
<laughs> if this episode never sees the light of day, it's because we were sued into oblivion by uh, <laughs> by Red Lobster. Yeah, for Ellie Golding. She's very litigious. <laughs> All right, hair today, goon tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just ignoring you now. <laughs> That's fair. Everybody does. Um, I was really looking forward to this episode because it's a time for Topanga to shine, which I feel like she hasn't gotten much of in season three or four. And it really wasn't that, unfortunately. But what I was met with was still a really good episode. I wasn't disappointed in it. Um yeah, that's all I can really say. I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. Um, I think talking about body image is good. Um, I wish they had talked about body image in not in relation to a man a little bit more um, and let Topanga like feel pretty if she wanted to feel pretty. Um, right. But at the same time, like it was a very cookie cutter 90s appearances and everything storyline. Um and it was done well, just yeah. not as good as it could have been. And it's iconic. Yeah, it is one of the more iconic episodes of the season, I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Ain't Gonna Spray Lettuce No More is the blessed end of Alan's terrible grocer storyline. He finally puts that to bed and we don't have to hear about how horrible it is to work in a grocery store. No, to manage a grocery store. The absolute worst. Also, we hear some wonderful product ideas like poopery and spaghetti in a bag. Um it's the introduction of the wilderness store, which is really good. Also, Feeney talks about getting a two-person sleeping bag. Um, <laughs> and we just you know, learn a little bit about his life. And that's really wonderful, too. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this one. All right. But Feeney's nasty. <laughs> I go camping. I don't fish. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Feeney. <laughs> All right. Does anyone have a uh, initial thought? This one's tough from for like a bad reason. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah these yeah. are not. I, I didn't particularly like either of these episodes very much. When it comes down to it, both of them I had I took a lot of issue with actually. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there were more funny jokes, and I ain't gonna spray lettuce no more. So I'm going with that one. Yeah, me too. Oh wow. I kind of wasn't expecting this because I just feel like here today, Goon Tomorrow is just very iconic. So I was like, that's going to be the one. But I feel like I sold myself on. I ain't going to spray lettuce no more. <laughs> you yeah. sold all of us. Uh, I am still going to vote for here today, Goon Tomorrow just because, I don't know, it's Topanga. Like, it, it Sean's, ah, heck, marry me. I live in a trailer park and I have no education, but my hair does this. <laughs> Which is pretty fantastic. Um but I definitely understand. They're, these are both kind of nothing. And the more I think about it, the more like everyone else telling Topanga how she should feel kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, that bothered me so much. So, yeah, yeah. I, I will vote for it, but I will not be sad that I, I'm going to lose out on this one. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of kind of the lack of Topanga in this season, you'll notice the bracket, the four bracket areas. I have Corey and Sean and then I have Eric and Feeney. And I didn't include Topanga because the season didn't bother to really include Topanga mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Um, she does is MVP one time and that episode is on this list. So we'll get there. Which one was, are we not gotten there yet? We haven't. I think it's in this next quadrant. Well, that would make sense. Cause that's the only one left. <laughs> oh, is it an affair to forget? It is. She was our MVP for an affair to forget. <laughs> Topanga. <laughs> Yes, it was I who made the call. All right, so now we've got Turkey Day versus Janitor Dad and Long Walk to Pittsburgh, parts one and two, because they're basically one episode. 
and an affair to forget. I was more positive on Long Walk to Pittsburgh than you were. Uh Both times we've talked about it. Yeah, because we also talked about it on the Brummy World podcast. So I would not mind taking that one. Uh, I'll talk. um, What did you say? You pick. Oh, I'll take Turkey Day. I'll go next, I guess. Um, An affair to forget. Oh, wait. I should have picked, so I didn't end up with janitor dad. Okay, (laughs) that's fine. That's fine. I got janitor dad. We're all I avoiding janitor dad. I would trade you if you really wanted. No, it's fine. We just we're notoriously Chet haters. So oh, we are as well. Yeah. So. I mean, what, there's Chet lovers. E- yes, apparently. Cameron, you said you were in our Facebook. Group. I know. I know. <laughs> People can be wrong. <laughs> Everyone's right. like, we love Chet. He reminds us of our dad. That's a bad thing. <laughs> oh no, that's a sad thing. I'm so sorry. All right. Yeah, anyway, Turkey Rough. Day. Turkey Day. Um, so thinking about it, Turkey Day, I feel like perfectly, yes, perfectly encapsulates any sort of family gathering that exists in the world, especially when multiple families get together. And it's weird. And this episode really does that well. Probably a little too, definitely a lot too far. But um, yeah, I feel like it does a good job of kind of showing different families coming together. And if I leave it at that level, that's true. If we take it a step further, it falls apart of being good. But um, it's again, it's just an iconic episode. Frankie and Herman are in it um, instantly bumping it up like several degrees. Um, Yeah. And I mean, that's just really good. Um, Just all the kids at the table at the end, like just sitting together. And um, yeah, it's it's really sweet and a good episode overall and better than janitor dad. (laughs) Okay. And Janitor Dad. Janitor Dad. If I'm going to sell this episode, there was no A plot, but the B plot was so good. <laughs> um, Alan and Eric uh, hiring Ezekiel, who who is in and out of several episodes as completely different people, but the same guy somehow. Um, uh, him scaring the customers into buying everything. Uh, our, the, our introduction to Lonnie, which was really great, and funny other than Alan hating her because she's an attractive female. But um, that B plot was so good that I wish it could have been in another episode. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and Chet sucks in his, the other part. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, Hmm, this one's a tough one. These both feature Chet. Both of these episodes do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of them do. But this Turkey day probably has less Chet. Yeah. And it has Frankie. And I think Frankie being in it, cancels out chet being in it well and frankie is like the healer at the end of the episode Mm -hmm. and it's so Mm -hmm. great because it like it erases that bad taste out of your mouth like i remember us watching that and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna talk about this and not be a bummer uh and then it gets to the end and i'm like oh this is such a good episode yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. he's the future trailer park sage that everyone comes to it's Mm -hmm. after Jedediah or whoever kicks the bucket. Um, well, and his yeah. brother is so delightful too. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. whole thing was such a highlight of that season that mm-hmm. like, yeah, that when I think of that episode, I think of it as one of my favorites from that season. Yeah. I if I that. just like minus out the beginning, the school stuff, like being in school and being in class <laughs> uh-huh. and then just, just go to like Thanksgiving day. That's all. Yeah, yeah it's probably the strongest holiday episode of yes the, and, uh, the whole, whole show. Yeah, like we, we, uh, I don't know. We're in season six. 
And I think the strongest holiday episode is in season six. Let's have to see when we get there. I'm blanking. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can't even think of a holiday episode in season six. So Christmas or Thanksgiving? Oh, Christmas. You know oh, it's Christmas? And it's Eric centric. Oh, that's right. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. Forgot about that one. All right. We'll concede your point. <laughs> Actually, I'm really excited. An episode for... from season six just won the bracket for season four. <laughs> Tall girl and rat. Tall girl. Mm, yep. I uh, I'm actually really looking forward to the Halloween episode, not the Sean murder episode, uh, but the, 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 the Witches of Pembroke. Which is a pen book next season. It may end up being trash, but I'm excited for it right now. Don't don't spoil it for me. I'm not saying any words. Um, You've said it all, but Turkey Day is winning this one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what we're yeah. saying here. Yeah, uh, there's really no way to eulogize Janitor Dad. Um, it and uh, Wheels are the two episodes on this bracket that I'm just like, why are you here? Um, to paraphrase Sean, at the end of Janitor Dad, you don't have to watch this, <laughs> and you don't. Have- <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Janitor Dad, the, the B plot or the A plot is just so bad. Like, yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, yeah it, it really is a point where you're just watching and you're like, he, this guy is harming his son at every possible outcome. Like, even when he's implying that he's trying to do good, he is being so hurtful to him and making his future so much harder for him to navigate. Yes, and adults in Sean's life stop trying to get him to appreciate that shit bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He should have stayed with Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he should have stayed with Turner. And uh, yeah, and the bully is just so generic and stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, janitor dad, get out of here. But I really do love Lonnie and Ezekiel. So yeah, yeah. Ezekiel <laughs> was our MVP for that episode. <laughs> you mm. sold this to me, you merchant of death. <laughs> merchant of debt i think lonnie was a great concept that didn't Uh really didn't pan out right didn't really pan out like so many other women in this season yeah okay and then um we've got long walk to pittsburgh parts one and two and an affair to forget an affair to forget um oh boy you're the best around yeah we know we know you're the best (laughs) cameron's giving up um so long walk to pittsburgh is a great idea um, to give Corey and Topanga some separation anxiety to, to really test their um, relationship. Um, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, you could see Eric be a really great big brother in the first part of the episode, uh, the first set of episodes, that moment when he's like with Corey and he's like, I know I'm your big brother and I'm supposed to protect you, but I don't know how to protect you from this. Um, and he's like, will you just stay here with me? He's like, yeah. I will. That's a beautiful moment. It may be Eric's best moment, like as a brother so far. Um, and Amy makes some really valid points in it. <laughs> Go, Amy. Go, Amy. MVP. <laughs> she was our MVP for that episode. All right. And if we're fair to forget. Um, and a fair to forget is really, really good because you have Blood Rain uh, being mad at Corey and Sean. And um, that's really funny. And then you have like talking through the library books and you have positive examples of like guys being affectionate and friends with each other. Um, And then you have Topanga kind of standing up for the two of them, the guys and in the way that she arranges everything. 
Um, and then you also have Eric's one man show, which I personally found delightful yes, and yes, yes. would absolutely go see. Mm-hmm. We said the exact same thing. It's yeah. Like, where can I buy tickets? Where's the VHS tape of mm-hmm. his one woman show just that I could buy or wh- where is it? I want it. I was actually holding it in that entire episode. And at the end, I was like, I actually have something to talk about. <laughs> The fact that no one enjoyed Eric's one person show is a travesty. Yeah. I 100% agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So remember, I am definitely going for an affair to forget. I like Long Walk to Pittsburgh for what it could have been more than I like it for what it is. Uh, I agree with you. I I, I think um, Long Walk to Pitts- Pittsburgh, if that's difficult to say too. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's frustrating to watch at points because you're like there are children and teenagers watching this and learning from this and you could have done something there to to further their understanding of the world and really just kind of tell them that hey you should you should drop everything in your life for someone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um at 16 yeah uh and and an affair to get forget is so good and it really does kind of it was a really high point in them showing Corey and Sean's relationship in that like they made the jokes about it being kind of like a, a married couple, but they didn't make that a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like Eric two guys can, them, but... <laughs> two guys can love each other. It's great. Mm-hmm. So in Eric's defense, Corey's being a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I want separate rooms. <laughs> He's like, I-, I want my own room. <laughs> yeah. And Topanga is really good in that one. Like she in yeah. Long Walk to Pittsburgh, other than the running away from home, she has absolutely zero agency and zero like anything that she says mm-hmm. the entire time. Like even saying she ran away, Eric says it. Yeah. I pointed out when we watched it this last time that the entire second episode, Topanga is literally being passed from person to person. Mm. Like Corey passes it her to mom and mom passes her back to Corey, and like mm-hmm. then they pass her to Aunt prudence to talk to her and it's like she's not doing things or having agency she's just being tossed about here and there yeah but um that's pretty realistic like it's very realistic yeah it's but it would have been nice for them to show her with some agency over her own decisions yeah, yeah i agree yeah it, it, it may be realistic but it was not fun to watch no, no, I'm obviously going with an affair to forget because mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous that they acted like Pittsburgh was as far away from <laughs> Philadelphia as like, I don't know, the United Kingdom. They're yeah. like, oh my gosh, we're never going to see each other again. Corey just got his license. Like, or Corey, like, they, they're fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. They can take buses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like though this is another episode that suffers from the format because mm. it's, it's one that they could have, like we talked about it. They could have done part one when they did and then didn't done part two, you know, like towards more of a finale where yeah. then she yeah. comes back and they've actually been tested and they've been apart because in the episodes in between Topanga is not necessary really for any of them to happen. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, as in it, they could have set it up where it meant something, but right? it, didn't. it didn't because like she leaves in the last scene of the first episode and comes back and like, like third about scene. seven minutes in. Mm-hmm. So it's like for seven minutes, they've been apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Season, season four, I think more than any other season suffered from pacing. Uh, they really would have benefited from stretching storylines out between episodes, but they clearly didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, we see that more later on and, and it's, it's, 
they obviously they learn from season four. Good. I'm glad. So it's an affair to forget. You're the, is the one that we're going to remember. Yeah. All right. Get out of here, long walk to Pittsburgh. Strike you through. <laughs> Um, I do like Long Walk to Pittsburgh more than you do because I like the whole true love winning in the end thing. Um, but that being said, it is much more flawed of an episode than an affair to forget. An affair to forget. Wait, so she plays Blood Rain? Yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. I don't know. I have seen the first. You said two. that and I was like, hold on. Wait. And like then, the movie, the movie yeah. with Meatloaf in it. Yeah. I've seen the first two and I never put that together, but I saw them a long time ago. I I didn't know there was more than one. I saw I saw it when it came out. I was very excited. I love video game movies back then. And then it Still was do. just it was just like Meatloaf doing porn in that movie. <laughs> and it was so traumatizing. <laughs> and it's very formative for your um I can't even think about the video game now. Uh, like the movie ruined it. That That's fair. That's fair. Speaking of video game adaptations, y'all watch Arcane? Not, uh, not yet. We're still trying to get through Castlevania. Oh, okay. I need to catch up on Castlevania. I haven't seen. I've not watched season. any of that. But Arcane is Castlevania exquisite. Castlevania. Is Did awesome. you guys watch Cowboy Bebop? No. Is it good? <laughs> yes. Cowboy Bebop is sacred to Cameron, and I think she's. I'm scared. It is t- also sacred more to Alden than me. I love it, but Alden, like, it's like his baby. And he loved the show. Okay. Yeah. My, yeah, my students are really into anime. And they're always mm-hmm. just like, if you watch this and you watch this, I'm like, you need to watch Cowboy Bebop because everything you're talking about is just trash. <laughs> and your opinions are trash. And you need to watch Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. And they're For like, the live no, action, that looks bad. You have to go into it not expecting it to be the anime because watching real life people doing some of the things they did in the anime is more campy. It yeah. feels more mm-hmm. campy. It it's not any different, but it feels more campy. So if yeah, you just kind of go into fun. It, yeah, exactly, exactly, it, it is fun. Yes, I I have not seen it, but maybe I'll add that to my list. But no, so Arcane, I wasn't even planning on watching because I don't care or enjoy League of Legends. Um, and then I started seeing some of the reviews, and I was like, I think I need to watch this. Yeah, I. It's actually got us started playing. Yeah, we, we, we've been playing the mobile version because of it. Mm. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I was the same. I was like, oh, it's a League of Legends thing. Fine. And then like the reviews came out. I was like, hold on. So me and my girlfriend, who dis- doesn't even know what League of Legends is, we watched it. And she loved it. And so did I. Mm. So it's very good. We're going to get to it. We will. The first two seasons of Castlevania are also excellent, though. I have Amazing. not seen season. And the third is very good two we're on four we're on four the third season is a little bit less fun than the first two but it kind of has to be because you have to kind of dismantle things to build them back up okay gotcha i love castlevania though Mm -hmm. that was just a nice little like ad break for netflix between our rockets Check out these Netflix shows. It's true. Communities um, on Netflix. You can watch all of that. I'm almost I, with my fourth full watch through of this calendar year. So wow. I adore the fact that I, I know where you are in your rewatch based on your tweets. <laughs> yes. I'll just be like the anime foosball scene. It shouldn't work, but it does. And you're like, yeah, we'll be watching the Christmas episodes very soon because they're some of the best. Wait, were you guys? I've talked to someone recently about people who like Eureka. Have you guys watched? I that? loved Eureka when it first came out. Like, loved it, but I only saw the first season. 
Oh, okay. And every once in a while, I'll be like, I really want to watch that. So I'll turn it on, but I cannot not start it from the beginning. So I've mm-hmm. watched the beginning like 65 times and not gotten through the rest. Oh, Eureka is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, I think it's fantastic. But even my Christmas hating heart, like I love the first Eureka Christmas episode so much. I'm a Christmas episode lover for most shows. And I will say this until the day I die because it will never, ever happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it'll probably never happen. But streaming platforms need a playlist feature where you can make a playlist of episodes that you want to watch in order. So you can put like at Christmas time, pull all the community Christmas episodes, all of the new girl Christmas episodes, and just put them on a playlist and watch them all. That would be fantastic. That would be nice. It would be mostly fantastic for me for time loop day. Uh-huh. But can you just watch all the time loop episodes? <laughs> there aren't as many of those as say Christmas episodes. <laughs> All right. We haven't made it a thing yet, but that's all for halftime. That's all for the fun. We've we've had our fun. We've talked nice about these episodes, and now the claws are going to come out. Yeah, <laughs> we're just going to discuss the episodes. We're going to just rip them apart and put them back together. Um, probably not. No, I we, still think it'll go pretty quickly. Yeah, we've we've called the week mostly. <laughs> mostly, mostly, mostly. Not totally. Oh, no. That one side of this bracket is stronger than the other, which makes me sad. But who set this up? Um, all right. So our first one um, is B&B's B&B versus Shallow Boy. Who wants to start us off? I'll talk some about B&B's B&B. Okay. Because I think this is kind of a quintessential episode of Boy Meets World. It's like everything in it is kind of just firing on all cylinders. Like we've talked about the A plot, where Tanya did, but the B plot of Feeney and Eric in Boston is so good. Mm. Just like the two of them in the hotel bar, kind of connecting, discussing life, um, kind of love and all of those things. It's just like we're... We're just fully transitioned from Feeney being Eric's teacher to being not even his mentor, but being his friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just really love the connection between those two. And just like we're seeing it here um, in just a really good way. And then on top of that, you have just the actual B&B, the A plot, all the guests, the Timmers, and uh, I forget their name, Gloria and probably Stan or something. It's the Hexes, right? Yeah, but like they're all just so good. Mm-hmm. like just everyone is good we're seeing sean be successful at something Corey's like neurotic behavior is like used in the best way mm-hmm. that it's ever used in the whole entire show that i can think of um yeah it's just it's so good yeah um i will not be voting for shallow boy um but i do think the scene where eric dumps karenina is hysterical like you don't want to see me anymore? Oh, it's not just that. I want to put you on a rocket and send you to planet Fafuga. <laughs> I'm just not the guy for you. You need a guy with half his brain removed who thinks he's a bunny. And you could be bunnies together. <laughs> it's mean, but it is so funny to me. I it is very mean. The entire time. Because um, you're a jerk. Because <laughs> I'm a jerk. But it's very funny. And then the song stuff is funny. It is a very funny episode. I don't think it's as good as B&B's B&B but it is very funny. Yeah. So I think when looking back on it, I, I, I look back more fondly on shallow boy, but that's only because I have a dumb forgetful brain and the music sticks in my head. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then you started talking about B&B's B&B and you mentioned the B-plot with uh, Eric and Mr. Feeney and that was so, so good. Um, mm-hmm. So even, I mean, that's going to even beat out my dumb, forgetful brain. What is the B-plot of Shallow Boy? It, you see, this is my problem with Shallow Boy. Leading up to it, I was like, what is the B-plot to Shallow Boy? And when Alden first started talking about it, I'm like, I don't remember what the B-plot is. And then he mentioned it. It's Topanga babysitting. Oh, he did mention and, that. And, and I've already forgotten. They, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so forgettable. Uh-huh. And they let there Corey, the, the, humor in there, the family's like, no boys. And then Corey shows up and they're like, except for that boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's that, safe. It, it does give us the iconic taco. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, I'm gonna obviously vote for B and B's B and B, but the B plot of Shallow Boy it's a lot of bees. always makes me laugh when like Corey and the kid are like mocking each other and then mocking Topanga. Mm-hmm. It was so funny, and I love it when like Corey being neurotic isn't grating. It's just pure comedy, and this is that for me but i mean the entire b&b's b&b is comedy gold and eric and mr feeney are fantastic and i forgot that, that was the b plot of that episode i thought it was the b plot of another episode for some reason <laughs> it's like that's the whole reason that he's gone yeah. i know yeah and it is it is funny in shallow boy too with the the boy because i like meta humor like self-reflexive mm-hmm. stuff when he's talking to the boy and he's like they moved the show and the Friday night lineup and it's at nine oh, o'clock yeah. now. And they're like that curly headed kids really getting in, it, getting in it deep. Yeah. Uh, just as everything's going on. He's like, why did they move it? It's like, they're trying to kill it. They're <laughs> trying to kill it. And just, yeah, just making that connection with like the show itself. Uh, it was just fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a fun episode for sure. And it's got a lot of laughs, but it's almost unfortunate that it has to be up against B&B's B&B because it is, fantastic (laughs) yeah b&b's b&b was one that like took alden and i by such surprise because when we were like going into the episode we're like do we even remember this episode like i don't remember it that much and then we started watching we're like oh yeah this one is so good yeah where are the timers uh i love when they're like tell them to put that statue down and then Sean says in Dutch to him, like, throw it up in the air and see how light it is. <laughs> um, it's just fantastic. So uh, obviously B&B's B&B is going on. Yeah. But Shallow Boy, you are a very funny episode. You shall be missed. You maladjusted woman-hating loser freak. Of an episode. <laughs> uh, and I still contend that if this, like, really angry, edgy girl had all of those um, songs and then came out with a song called fuzzy wuzzy love people will be all over it Mm -hmm. ironic it is Uh (laughs) you you agree yeah everyone would be like i hate this song it's the worst and they would sing it all the time and then it would become like a tiktok trend and then it would become the most famous song ever yep Mm -hmm. pretty much you are not wrong all right and next up you're the best around. Um, you can go home again versus dangerous secret. This one. This is going to be so hard. Yeah, this is a hard one. What a doozy of a matchup. They're like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, this one's actually easy for me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I mean, I for pure enjoyment, you can go home again is the one that I would pick just because it has so many like perfect moments. 
um, but goodness, Dangerous Secret is done so well until like, what was it That's in the, the end? Thing. So Dangerous Secret was, was amazing and it was so well done and it was really informative and, and it really um, put you in someone's shoes. Uh, mm-hmm. But then at the very end, her dad writes her a letter and it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's in jail or whatever, but he's going through rehab and he's he's going to be better and he's going to come back and we're going to be a family again Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. like that's not what you should be teaching the kids who are going through this i blocked that out of my head on purpose and that's Mm -hmm. that's what sours that episode for me and makes it an easy choice for me to pick you can go home again Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i think i'm also going to pick you can go home again i i like dangerous secret a lot but i actually have two further problems with it Mm. Um, and one of them is um, Corey and Topanga's storyline of like Corey basically trying to manipulate Topanga into sex and then like getting really frustrated at himself mm-hmm. when it doesn't work. Um, and then like just the wrap up, like they're just back in his room, like nothing ever happened at the end, mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. Claire's letter. Um, and they just like drop Topanga for the rest of the episode. Like Corey wronged her, but now Corey's got to go be with Sean. Uh-huh. And now yeah. everything's fine. Right. It's yeah. like, okay. Yeah, I feel like just the answer of like, we need to go to the police. Yes. It's just like too simplistic. Like that's what a middle-class white person would probably come up with as a solution. But like in reality, like he's the vice president of a bank. It's just like what Sean said. He's like, I'm just a trailer park kid. and He's the vice president of a bank. Like they're not going to listen to me. Like that's not going to take care of the issue. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, telling someone and like getting the right people notified is what you do. But the solution that they pose of like going to the police and that's going to magically take care of everything yeah. just doesn't. I mean, you even talked about your own kind of yeah, life yeah. in that and like that that didn't really do anything like they checked on you for like a day and that was about it. Oh, if they ever did. Yeah. I mean, I met so many truancy officers and social workers and like I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't on the street. So they just kind of left me to my like left me to my devices, even though I had no supervision in my life whatsoever. Like the system just isn't built to handle everybody. And we talked about in the episode, like the obvious answer here is go to Feeney. Like, cause she is, he is an authority figure in her life and like would actually carry some weight, but the episode never really touches on that. It's like, go to the police. It's like, well, yeah, when we talked about this episode, like I remember us like yelling, like, no, like you can't just go to the police because mm-hmm. what that does is it puts it in the court system's hands too. And the courts don't care about kids and they especially do not care about teenagers. Like, like, like parents are harmful to their children all the time and get away with it all of the time Mm -hmm. with court involved, with police involved, with everything involved. And then it gets to the point where it's too late and everyone's like, well, why didn't they do something about it before it got out of hand? And it's just so frustrating. So when they were like, Oh, call the police. It's like, uh, no, keep hiding her. (laughs) Yeah, Uh Like keep hiding her, keep doing something. Um, Yeah. And I mean, it's not a totally bad episode. Like Claire's whole thing about like, I'll just lie. Um, He's my dad and he loves me. And then like the gradual breakdown into like, I didn't even do anything. He just hurt me is, is really heartbreaking and is really good to show. Like, I mean, it's really quick, obviously, but it's really good to show like that dichotomy of abuse, Mm -hmm. the like justification. So it's a good episode, but I think for the Amish guy alone. (laughs) And the sprinkles parade. Huh? And the sprinkles parade. And the sprinkles Sprinkles parade. parade. Yeah, I think you can go home again. 
Um, even though I have my problems with it that I'll get into next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's going up against B&B's B&B <laughs> next round. Yeah. I don't know. This is a toughie. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it, but I think it's definitely moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. No best Go home again. <laughs> you can. Go. That's kind of the dark horse in my mind. Yeah. Of this whole process. Just kind of wasn't expecting it. I have a feeling the listeners at home are pretty shocked that Cold Fiction didn't make Cold it. Fiction as well as A Long Walk to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. even Here Today, Good Tomorrow. I feel like those are like kind of the big three. Yeah. I unfortunately feel like this next one is a bit of a slaughter. Uh-huh. Um, does anyone want to start somewhere or do we just want to move on one of them? I don't have much to say. It, I ain't going to spray to let us know more. I, I just didn't enjoy it all. Uh, and the way that it, it portrays, um, I don't know. Um, like he's successful. Alan's successful and he's built this life for himself and, and to watch him just not only him, but everyone around him just discredit that. Uh, it sucks so much. Yeah. I, that and the fact, Oh, sorry. No, you go. Okay. So that and the fact that they genuinely have set up a college fund for their son, take that college fund, buy a store, and then tell their son that they really don't have a part in it mm-hmm. is wild. You're fired. Mm-hmm. Like you literally use the money for his education that you keep pushing him to get to buy this store. And then you're like, eh, you just need to find yourself and go be somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're let us know more. has a lot of funny moments, mostly Sean and Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, like my life now depends on a Bavarian man named Agner. Sean warned me about this. <laughs> like, is is very funny uh, when they're getting like tested with the shampoo. Yeah, and he like drops the bottle, <laughs> and Sean's whole like indoor plumbing rich. <laughs> um, those two are hilarious, but probably in this entire rewatch of Boy Meets World, the thing that has disappointed me the most is all of the my life as a grocer sucks so bad mm-hmm. junk like. Mm-hmm. Oh, grosser. How could I ever be? And just in retrospect with future knowledge into account, like, so Alan gets this store and becomes a business owner, but even in security guy, that's not going to be good enough for Eric. Mm -hmm. Like right, owning and working at this store. Like, so what are we saying here? We're saying that classist people do not acknowledge what they have. Yes. Ever. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think I think in this episode in particular, Sean kind of points that out mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, like you're basically upper middle class. I have like nothing and you have everything. Now I have to show you how to have nothing. But Corey doesn't have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But he comes from a land of many pants. So he's got to <laughs> yeah. learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. But on the other side, not even talking about like, I even- let us know more. But uh, 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men is just such a good, like, TV episode of TV. Mm -hmm. Like, it acknowledges that even in the episode where he's like, this isn't TV. He's like, no, trust me, it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, again, just like that meta humor, like the self-reflexive stuff that I really love. And I love in this season, they seem to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is when I think it just works because they're like, we know we're doing a trope, like, but we're going to have fun and we're going to do it. 
and it makes no sense, but we're going to do it. And yes, we could have resolved it by like literally talking for two seconds about it. Right. That's not fun. And we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. Yeah. I We will definitely talk more about 16 candles and 400 pound men because they're just moving on. I because think. I ain't going to spray less uh, no more. Is out of here. Yeah. Because if Frankie's in an episode, it's moving on to the next bracket. <laughs> okay. Well, this is going to be tough then if that's your logic because it's going to be the two Frankie episodes up against each other. They both okay. win. We're going to treat... I ain't going to uh, spray lettuce no more like um, like being a grocer and just get it out of our sight. Stay as far away as possible. If you can say anything about that episode, at least it puts an end to that story. Uh-huh. It's true. Um, all right. Turkey Day Thankfully. and a, An Affair to Forget. This one is also hard. This one's very tough. It is, actually. It is hard. If if you gave me these two episodes and you're like, choose one to watch, I know which one I'm picking. Mm-hmm. It's an affair to forget just because it is more delightful. And Thanksgiving was like a week ago. And, you know, I'm already in the Christmas sphere and I'm not going to watch the <laughs> episode right now. And see, I'm exactly opposite. If someone asks me to pick which episode, I will go for a holiday episode any day over a regular episode. Mm-hmm. So I would pick it based on the fact that it's a holiday episode alone. Um, and it has Frankie in it. Yeah. I I'd, I wasn't necessarily saying like I would choose it in this bracket, but like mm-hmm. one is just more fun to watch. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Turkey day is really sloppy in its premise. Mm-hmm. Um, just what they're like, we're learning about the Hutus and the Tutsis and they, you know, they're just, they had class differences. And, um, and then they're like, and that's just like us here. And it's like, no, cause actually they like killed each other a lot. Right. It's like, right. there is double the genocide same. going it's on. It's not in the same as the difference between corning ware pans and paper plates. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not the same thing at all. And then just, I feel like every adult in that episode is just horrible. Like every single one of them in their own way is just like awful. It is the only time I've ever liked Verna is when she's talking about cheese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She talks about cheese a lot in that episode. Mm -hmm. Ashamed to waste all that cheese. (laughs) And you're you're right. Every adult is horrible, but it, it, it does, as far as like a TV episode goes, it does set up that big payoff at the end for Frankie to be the guy who's like um, uh, almost like, like you said, the sage, but like, you know, he is smarter than all of the adults. Mm -hmm. And more eloquent. Yeah. And more caring. Yeah. And and I think he's earned that moment too. Like just from what we've seen the rest of the series, like it's not out of nowhere that he's insightful. Uh And I feel like it kind of flips the general flow of an episode of Boy Meets World on its head, where usually it's like the kids are dumb and the adults know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so this really flips it because it's like all the kids are like, well, you're my friend. Like, what else matters? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, I know you and I like you. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? And then like they're all coming together to eat. Eric is kind of the worst too. But yeah, Eric is awful. <laughs> but they're all there. And then the adults are like, oh, like we could really learn something from all of our kids mm-hmm. and sort of it just flips it a little bit. Yeah. And I give it a lot of credit because it tries to do something and it at least mostly succeeds at that where it's like, like this is just an awful situation. Classism is an awful situation in general. Like it doesn't paint the hunters as victims. Like they're also being awful because of class and 
like vice versa. That's more nuanced than I would expect from Boy's World. Mm-hmm. I think that this episode is the one that I always want to pick because I think that it portrays people who feel less than so well mm-hmm. those those constant feelings of like anxiety and embarrassment over things that they can't control like I've been through that it sucks really bad and it's something I don't think I'll ever fully recover from and they portray it really really well so while all of the adults do suck in this I think like my heart went out to Verna because I I felt very close to like that sort of feeling of not good enough. And then Sean's portrayal was phenomenal. That kind of antsy um, anxiety stricken, like, oh, no, 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 you don't need to go into there. Oh, no, 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 we don't need to do that. It was really good. And mm-hmm. I'll always pick an episode that makes me tear up. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like we're we're kind of leaning towards Turkey Day. Um, I do think Affair to Forget is very funny and it is the Mm -hmm. start of the bromance of um, Sean and Corey. I mean, they've always been friends, but this is where you could really use the term bromance. And I mean that in all the best ways. Um, I think their phone conversation is hilarious. Yes. They're they're, they're like going back to the phone Uh to hear each other's voice. It's Dawn and Dory and (laughs) Jennifer. Dawn and Dory and Jennifer. Um, Damn right. I think it it really it's 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 still not I mean I haven't made my choice in my head yet. It's I think an affair to forget is from start to finish more fun to watch, but the payoff in Turkey Day is so good that that I prefer that as an episode. Mm-hmm. So I think I am leaning towards Turkey Day, but it's barely. Yeah, this was mm-hmm. the closest one to me so far because one I give a lot of credit for what it what it does, but one is like, man, I could really watch that library scene with the cinema bun. Uh-huh. Like I can go watch that right now. That'd be fun. Yeah. Why is there a C on it? C, C I, at the library. C, I knew you'd be here. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, I just think it's, it's a very funny episode and it is like Topanga's one moment of agency to shine in this entire season where she like sees what's going on. See how, sees how much it sucks. Uh-huh. And like comes up with a scheme of her own mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. end it. It was I who made the call. Mm-hmm. It's it's as one moment during the whole season. Yeah. Where was she in Turkey Day? Probably in New York buying expensive shoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hanging out with Bruce Springsteen. Yes. <laughs> um. What what do you what's your vote, Cameron? I don't know. I hate this. <laughs> every every I say every year every time we come to this where there's a tough decision and you ask me first I hate it. Well, I think Tanya went first. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> in our final, in our final votes, you know, who wants to be a millionaire style? Mm-hmm. Final answer. I haven't thought about that show in a really long time, and now I'm stalling. I'm going to go for an affair to forget because if everyone votes Turkey Day, at least it gets a point. Sure. Um, I'm I'm pretty split between the two. Um, I, I definitely don't have a problem with Turkey Day going on. So uh, if you both vote Turkey Day. I vote Turkey Day. Yeah, I very slightly vote Turkey Day. All right. Turkey Day it is. It's lonely at the top. (laughs) I I kind of considered myself as giving 0.5 to both episodes. (laughs) One and a half to an affair to forget. Two and a half. Um, Because I really would be fine with either of these episodes going on um, for different reasons. It's hard to compare such different episodes. And now we'll have that Frankie matchup that we've always wanted. It's true. Um, 
Turkey Day also had my my girlfriend as a guest on it. So he really loves that one. All right. We're in the finals, semifinals, rather. Mm-hmm. The final four. There's final in the word. Yeah, there is a final there. Um, so we have first up B&B's B&B versus You Can Go Home Again. Mm-hmm. All right. This is where I'm going to finally bring up the thing I have against You Can Go Home Again. And we've already talked about it once. There is an entire B-plot in this episode all about how much it sucks to be a grocer. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is. There is. Even Feeny in this episode, as they are sitting on the back porch, walks out and is like, well, yeah, the only job I'd ever hate was that one where I was working at a grocery store. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> What is happening right now? Is that the one where Feeny does a cuss too? I think so. Where he's like, what the hell are we looking at? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Alan and Amy are sitting on the back porch, really like pensive and staring into the stars. And Feeny walks out. What the hell are we looking at? Yeah. Even Feeny, he doesn't have any sage words of wisdom. He's like, yeah, it does suck being a grocer, but that's yeah, not all you is, are. Your life is horrible. You should hate yourself. Uh, well, and that's so like, I love Feeny. I know you guys have your gripes with him, but I love Feeny. But in this and, and in any episode where it's like, you have to go to college, you have to go to college or you're not going to be anything. It's the same thing with this, where it's just like, I mean, yeah, do something other than being a grocer. Like that sucks. You're not, you're not realizing your full potential. Well, why does doing a really good job within the job that you have not realizing your full potential yeah 100 percent. yeah i this is where you can go home again Uh, the cinderella story is over Mm-hmm. It's had a good uh, run. It had a good run, but B&B's B&B is yeah. a much better episode. What do you think that pie tasted like, though? <laughs> it, well, it was pie. Yeah. All pie is delicious, and I'm starving. I'm so hungry right now. I want pie. Uh, I actually have quite a sweet tooth right now as well. I did not think about it. We got some tea. It's true. We have tea. Uh, it's not quite the same. I just really want shrimp you guys started the episode or started our call talking about shrimp and it's all I want now. That's true. Yeah, well, Every Monday at Red Lobster. It's 11.15 p.m. here, so we can't get any of these things. Uh, all right. Um, well, not with that attitude. I think, <laughs> I think we'll talk more about B&B's B&B in the final, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's uh-huh. definitely moving on, right? Yeah. yeah. That was probably the quickest final four deliberation that's ever happened. It was very unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Oh, yes. No, it very. So there we go. You're the best around. Nothing's going to keep you down. Now, this one, I don't feel like is that close either, but it is much closer. Uh I feel like it's close. This one's really tough for me because it's like fun versus heartfelt. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the difference between like an episode that you just like put on like in the background and like you catch yourself watching and like laughing at over and over again versus the one where you sit down and start like tearing up because of the ending. Yeah, I think 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men is much more heartfelt than it seems on the surface. Just because you have like the, the central conflict is not Corey has to be at his girlfriend's Sweet 16 and the wrestling event the central conflict is frankie doesn't feel like he has a connection with his father mm-hmm. so he enlists Corey to help him out with that that's the that's the real 
story of the episode. That's yeah. a little conflict. The other stuff is fun, and like a lot of fun, but like that's what we're really getting at. And like that's really, that is like a heartwarming kind of thing to see them connect. Yeah. Because um, you just see kind of throughout the episode where like Vader is sort of being like poet poetry class. Like, why are you doing that? Why you could have been a champ, really all of that stuff. And you just see Frankie being really crestfallen. Um, mm-hmm. But then through Corey's like, help you see them really connecting and then in the end of the match where he's like you're my son you don't need to give me advice like you're here and that's like enough um and like it's just this really sweet moment between the two of them right um though i will i'm gonna play devil's advocate to yours no a little bit is that the essential message does seem to be like change who you are well Mm -hmm. not not necessarily change who you are kind of but like Make adjustments. Yeah, make adjustments to who you are. And like, in my opinion, it should be the onus of the parent mm-hmm. to learn and understand the child, not the other way around. I mean, sure, get interested in some of your dad is so you can spend time with him, fine. But like, I earn your love <laughs> through learning what about what you do and you make no effort to understand who I am or like get into it. If there would have been a little give and take or like the end Vader would have been like, you know what? You've inspired me. I want to go to a poetry reading with you or something. Mm-hmm. And just like, there was that a, was a bit too chat of your accent there. And I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But if there had been a give and take, it would have been a lot better, but the central conflict is like, don't wait for your parents to understand you. They won't. <laughs> right parents are terrible no i agree with you because i think like as a parent and a parent of teenagers it's like we have kind of developed who we are as people like of course we're still learning we're still growing and stuff but like they are discovering really like what is going to take them into adulthood and i think it's important as parents to like nurture those things and be a part of them and understand what they are so you can tell them like hey like you did great with this or Mm -hmm. um you know that's a really cool thing that you like so that they can like further the learning of it and and be nurtured in it and be able to continue carrying that into their adulthood and that wasn't what was happening in this episode but also i get so wrapped up in the fact that Corey does not communicate ever whatsoever like it's like he doesn't know how to talk to Topanga you almost feel like he doesn't actually like her because he doesn't say words to her yes like all it would have been was because like Topanga has been understanding all the time too like, understanding, understand <laughs> and all he had to do was say hey so this is the situation with Frankie. I need to go be at this for this amount of time. I'm going to be late to your party. The odds of that party being within running distance <laughs> of an arena <laughs> where a professional wrestling show is happening. It did not happen. It could not happen. Like <laughs> all he had to do was say, I'm going to be late to your party because I'm helping my friend. And Topanga would have been like, I'm so glad you're helping your friend. You're fine. I'll see you when you get here. Yeah, Topanga absolutely would have loved that whole story. Like mm-hmm. she would have enjoyed learning about this as it was happening. Growth as a person, caring about someone else and communicating. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Tanya basically just said my big problem with 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men that I brought up during our episode. Mm-hmm. So we are in sync here. Of just like as we generally are, uh-huh. <laughs> like I just have such a problem. Of like again, it's an easy fix if like 
it, during their dance at the end, Tiffany was like, you know, you could have told me, like, it's more important to me that you're helping people grow, like, or something. Some or acknowledgement. Just like that you're being honest and upfront. Yeah. Some acknowledgement from Topanga would have made it, would have made the episode better for me. But the best thing would have been if I would have loved the episode if Corey had just sat down and told Topanga everything and she'd been like, oh yeah, do that. And then we, I, I know that wouldn't have had the back and forth thing they wanted, but... Well, I think part of it, too, that's frustrating about that episode is that Corey didn't do it out of the kindness of his heart, even though it was heart wrenching to watch. It started out as Corey doing it because he wanted Frankie's help with school. Mm-hmm. So but even that he could have explained to Panga. Yeah, he could have said, right. hey, I was having trouble with this. Frankie's going to help me. And since he's helping me, I need to help him with this. And Topanga would have been like, OK, cool. Go do that. I'll see you when you get here. Tanya's very upset. I just, so from second season on, Corey learns he should communicate and then he does not ever communicate. Yep. And then forgets. Yep. I feel like that's pretty honest interpretation of just the human cycle of learning. (laughs) I mean, I work with children every day and that feels pretty spot on. (laughs) Oh, you learn this very valuable thing about X, Y, and Z and the way you relate to people the next day. Hey, don't you remember yesterday when you ran into this big problem and you learned this valuable lesson? No, you don't. (laughs) Let's learn it again. Again, it is very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they do seem to catch on. But um, this uh, episode, just so everyone knows, is the only 10 out of 10 Cameron gave this season. It was? Yeah, 1,616 <laughs> candles and 400 pound men. <laughs> you gave it a 10 out of 10. Hey, look at He knows because he listened to them all. It's, it's true. I compiled all the scores. Did you give any? No, I didn't give it a 10 out of 10. I gave one 9.5. Was it to B&B's B&B? It was to B&B's B&B. <laughs> So Cameron, does that mean that you are voting for that episode? Um, I feel like this is another one of just like, if I'm going to turn one on, this is the one that I'm going to watch. Because I just feel like start to finish, it's much more enjoyable mm-hmm. than like Turkey Day is very uncomfortable. Um, just like the way everyone's just kind of sniping and talking badly about each other uh, kind of behind their backs. Mm-hmm. And just like the really awkward social interactions. Um, I'm just, I'm not here for. Plus the whole like, the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People in the trailer park are poorer than you. You should have an issue with that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure whose idea it was to write the line. Like the Tutsis, the haves and the Hutus, the have nots are constantly in class conflict. And it's like, well, but they've both been the haves and have nots because they kind of committed back to back genocides against, against each other. <laughs> so I, yeah. I will say, like, that sucked, but we're going back into the 90s when things were not discussed. They did yeah, not talk true. about that in school. Mm-hmm. You you couldn't just pull it up online. Like, if you happen to be walking through the living room while your grandmother was watching the news and catch a glimpse of something about it, it was probably just a blip yeah, on the news. Mm-hmm. So... It, it was raising some type of awareness that if somebody was like, huh, I wonder what they're talking about, they could go and research it and learn about it. So like, yeah, it, it sucked. The comparison of it was awful. But mm-hmm. the fact that they brought it up during a time where it wasn't brought up, like Hotel Rwanda wasn't a thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for 
I I know I've already kind of sort of cast my vote for Turkey Day. Uh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get sure? down to the the true reason why. And that is that I do not like sports themed rest. Uh, um, I can't think of a word. Oh my goodness. Episodes? Episodes. Yes. I wow, can't. what a word to forget. <laughs> I have a hole in my brain where words just die and sure. everyone does. Like in uh, Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Just get um, in that canyon. Yeah, despite uh, my wife's intense pressuring, I think 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men is a better episode. Uh, Turkey Day, I love a lot and it's really. Um, the way it ends is so fantastic. But I do remember when we watched the episode and we talked about it. Um, I remember thinking for the first 18 minutes, I thought I was going to come in here and just berate this episode. Mm-hmm. And then that last three or four minutes saved it. Mm-hmm. 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men doesn't have that problem. It's just a fun TV episode. Yeah, I definitely think... Hmm. I guess it's coming down to me. It, it is. No, never. I mean, if you, if you go one way, we're at a deadlock and we're going to have to, we're going to duel. So the person that's next to you in real life, you're going to have to fight physically. <laughs> and then whoever. I was thinking you, we were going to play Yu-Gi-Oh cards because <laughs> you said duel. You've fallen for my trap card. <laughs> um, we don't have room. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Can we play magic? <laughs> We don't have either. You know, Uno, whatever you've got. Oh, okay. we've got lots of Uno cards. We do. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> One, I choose you. I, I think Turkey Day is a more flawed episode, though I do think that there are flaws with the other as well. I think Turkey Day is a more flawed episode, but there is nothing. They both have really iconic endings, I think. Um, but one is like Corey and Topanga dancing because she forgave him way too easy again. And uh, Frankie acting like he's excited about wrestling when he's clearly not. Um, and the ending of uh, Turkey Day with Sean reading his paper. No, Sean, you did not spend the holidays with the Hoodoos and the Tootsies. <laughs> However, Feeney's whole joke of like, that's the best work you've ever done. What do you think? C minus? He's like, hey, A plus. (laughs) He gives it to him. Man, that's a good moment. I like that Mm -hmm. moment a lot. Um, So I think they're both fantastic. I went into this thinking I was definitely going for 16 candles and 400 pound men, but I've kind of talked myself out of it a little bit. Um, I think it probably wins, but only by a hair. Only by a hair. Good. I was ready to attack you. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't feel... I would probably vote for turkey day but if one of us needs to change our vote to move it on like i'll probably switch to 16 candles and 400 pound men just because it is mm-hmm. it is a fantastic and fun to watch episode yeah and just thinking of these all four of these maybe less so you can go home again but these two and bnb's bnb when we're comparing to other seasons i feel like these three episodes are stronger episodes than a lot of the ones that made it kind of to the end. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I th- I think any one of these three episodes um beats the um Corey reporting on Janitor Bud episode of last season that one. Um I think it, any one of these three episodes kicks yeah. the crap out of one. Still not sure how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> CJ was that? very convincing. I you know, it's kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> We were very tired. My kids were very, we just, I think it was just like, we need to be done. Well, and it came down to Rave On or that episode. Um, And Rave On is a fantastic episode for people who love Boy Meets World. But 
Like, if you want an episode to show people what Boy Meets World is, you do the... The truth and consequences. The truth and consequences. Not not to fall back into podcasters talking podcasting again, but that is the weirdest thing about doing it, is that you've laid your opinion out, and it's like, it seems like it's set in stone now, and then a year later, you're like, I said that about that episode because I think I like it. <laughs> yeah. Or vice versa. Right. I, I feel like, like which is which is a Pembroke was the one that you and I had that with the most we're like love it no hate it no love it no I hate it (laughs) oh boy I'm excited to get to we're gonna give you more to talk about it at all I just have to slide that little bit in there (laughs) planting the seeds that Mm -hmm. we're not gonna know how to feel about it I like your your analogy was slide it in when really what you did is you kicked the door and you said here (laughs) listen to this (laughs) (laughs) That, that didn't tell us anything it's great um or bad. We we actually right exactly for the last few seasons. Like we were really hard on season two, and like ended up at the end of it like that wasn't nearly as good as we thought it'd be. But for the last few episodes, we've been talking about like we're kind of really nostalgic for season two. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. we just really miss Mr. Turner. Yeah, like it's like that was the golden era of yeah. It was the golden era of Turner, Turner, and that was the last time like Topanga was good. Uh-huh. I think we said that when we. We're last on in season two, or when we were on in season two with you guys, we were like, I, yeah, I miss we these miss days. Season two. Uh-huh. Yeah, we we right. couldn't imagine it at the time, but like, it, even in the last episode, I say at one point, is season two like secretly becoming my favorite season? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? So, at least in hindsight, mm-hmm. man, I could use some some season two shenanigans. Um, all right. Anyway. Is it 16 yeah, candles? That'll be the one that goes on, but under some protest. <laughs> I mean, not protest, disagreement, because that's the nature of exactly what we're doing. <laughs> All right. And now the finale. Oof. Uh, B&B is B&B and 16 candles, 400 pound men. No Cinderella stories here. Both of these are one scene. Like juggernauts. <laughs> um, I'm going to just come out strong. B&B is B&B is my favorite episode of the show so far. <laughs> Like, of Boy Meets World, four seasons. Man, I love that episode. Uh-huh. Can I just say ditto? <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with you. <laughs> Not that I was expecting to disagree with you, but I'm like, it's really good. It's really... It's the, very good. It, it's almost a perfect episode of television. I mean, it's got everything. It, it really does. We have not talked about it very much just because it's slaughtered everything that it's been up against. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's a... That's a shame because Uh it's so good. My one gripe with it is that it is, again, we bring up Topanga. The only reason Topanga exists in this episode is to wear three different outfits. They wanted to see her in a business suit, like a prom kind of cocktail dress, and a French maid's outfit. Like, so she is totally objectified in this whole episode. I mean, not like grossly and it's pointed out, but. She only exists to wear cute outfits in it. Yeah, she's she's a prop. Yeah. But is she much less than that in 16 Candles and 400 Pound Men? Yeah. When yes. you really think about it. She's a little more. not Just more. slightly more. But again, she's kind of because Corey doesn't communicate and he's just an obstacle or she's an obstacle for Corey mm-hmm. to try to figure out what to do about so he can do what he really wants to do. It's true. She's a more subtle prop. But yeah, um, that is the only fault I can find 
with B&B's B&B. And Sean saying he needed to deport the cab driver. Oh, I forgot about oh. that. That's kind of gross. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. Let's deport the cab driver. Okay. Yeah. Two flaws. You're right. Yeah. But that's a big flaw. That's a big flaw. But we intentionally said during our episode, Sean says something terrible here. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 And then we forgot. <laughs> and then we forgot. It's much more of like a, a, a relic of its time for sure. Alden and I are really good at dissociation. <laughs> like that. It that happened oh (laughs) you're right we do hate that (laughs) um yeah but i mean we were i was talking about endings before and i want to bring b&b's b&b into this because that ending where feeny is like knocking on the door like i know it's your honeymoon i know you're young and in love like (laughs) but you have to get out and then leave my bedroom leave my bedroom i was young once and he, he just keeps repeating like i was young once and then they come out and they're like older than him he's like huh maybe i still am it's like it's a great moment it's so good yeah it's a great the teacher's still learning a little bit yeah and there's things like uh feeny this is the one where feeny forgets his money and sean mocks him for it right yeah 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 because feeny needs the money for a cab and sean is like oh look who's coming for i think that's new New year's episode oh is that the new year's episode yeah i trust you way more than i trust me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because it, it it happens twice. It happens at the beginning and the end of the episode. And he's like, the cab driver that looks nothing like this picture. That's right. And that's the joke they make. That's mm. right. That's right. You're right. This was the one where Feeny like comes and tells uh, Amy all the things about his plants, and then she throws it on the table and says, "Don't mm-hmm. kill him." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but still, uh, that's still a funny moment of Amy just being like, "Okay, whatever. Don't kill him," <laughs> throwing it to Corey. <laughs> Well, and, and then we get the 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 girl falls for Eric and he picks Feeny over her. Like, mm-hmm. ah, such a good moment. Like we also get Corey not being able to handle like the um, way life just doesn't work out the way he thinks it's supposed mm-hmm. to. <laughs> and where he's just like, okay, now this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And then it's like not happening in that way. And he's like, no, but this is definitely going to happen this way because this is always how it happens. This and then is the so statue's good. gone. And he's like, I confess. And then they, you see from the other angle and they come mm-hmm. and put the statue back in his hand. He's like holding it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Cause that is really funny. He's like, yeah, I his, need punishment. <laughs> his neuroses are really working in the best way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about Zigzag Candles and 400 Pound Men, I think, at this point. Um, and I think it is a great episode of Boy Meets World. But I think it is just up against, at least at this point for us, mm-hmm. the best episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah, and that's, definitely. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. I can think of one of like all the episodes that I think is better. But again, I can't remember every single episode. Like I could be surprised like this one. Yeah. Because I don't think about B&B's B&B. And then we've watched it. And we're like, this is really good. There's like the the episode in season five that's like everybody rants and raves about. Yeah. Um, that is very good. Yeah. I, I'm actually a little nervous about season five because there's like that episode coming up and like the Lauren saga coming up and like a lot of things. I'm just like, oh, man, these are big things. Oh, the Lauren saga is nothing. I've already talked about it with these guys. <laughs> you have. Uh, I hate that I missed that. Yeah. You were sick or something stupid like that. It's true. Who gets sick? How could you? I wrote I'm so glad to see that you've recovered, though. <laughs> Half a year later. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. I wrote in. I, I put my thoughts uh-huh. into the you did. 
into the email. It was very valuable. Valuable and controversial. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what it was at this point. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So are we, I mean, kind of anticlimactically, <laughs> B&B's B&B. Are, are well, we everybody, B&B? it went exactly the way you expected it would. We uh-huh. could have probably just announced it at the beginning of the episode and no one would have been surprised. You know, I think that's true, but this is not an episode of the show that gets talked about very much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, even in our talking about it, we barely talked about it. Yeah. Like, it's very difficult to um, actually discuss the greatness of it mm-hmm. because it's so much physical comedy and so many just like quick fire jokes. Like it goes so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I mean, it took us by surprise. It took you guys by surprise. I think that is what makes it so great is that it kind of flew under the radar. It didn't have the drama of all the other episodes that really stick out in this season. Um, and and it was just like, we're adults now. And boom, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, again, talking about podcasting, it's usually like when an episode is really bad or kind of in the middle somewhere that that's when we have a lot of stuff to talk about but it's like there's not like there's no well, let me just drop drop this issue or it really speaks to this kind of thing or just about growing up or yada 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 it doesn't really do that because it's just like but it just hits so well all the way from start to finish yeah which is what makes it so good but there's just just like there's nothing that like hooks into you because it's not like well in school they were learning about this and it connected to what they were doing right yeah because they, they just not the way that it worked out mm-hmm. um, but it's just so good yeah i agree yeah and if you were to, if i were someone would be like hey i want to see a really great episode of boy meets world to know what the show is going to be like if i watch the whole thing this is the episode i'd give them like mm-hmm. like immediately i'd be like you want to know most perfect episode of boy meets world here's bnb's bnb mm-hmm. um i feel yeah. like we've all gotten way better at saying that over the course of this episode <laughs> But you'd think as tired as we're getting, then we'd get worse at it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm about 13 minutes away from just falling apart and saying, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how he snores. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the episode so much, he's incorporated it into his, his snores. Um, it's kind of an anticlimactic end. Um, though, like I said, I think someone who's only passingly familiar with Boy Meets World or like watched it when they were kids, they would be kind of surprised because like, I don't mm-hmm. even remember that episode. Mm-hmm. But like, Go and watch it. Yeah. Watching and it we with dare the critical, you to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> watching it with a critical eye. Like when, when I was making this bracket, I, there was even this thought like, nothing could beat this. <laughs> like like uh-huh. none, none, none of these episodes are this good. Yeah. But then I was ready to be surprised though. Um, I feel like we were in the season three where I was like, Rayvon is the one. Yeah, and then it it wasn't somehow. <laughs> I I think we made the right choice in the end. I think so too. But but yeah, that's the that's the tournament. That's it. You're gonna you did do it. it. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, that's the right time. Perfect. <laughs> the tournament really is one of my favorite episodes, and you guys are two of my favorite guests. So well, we Aww. love being here. I'll just say it: two favorite, oh. not of favorite, just the top. What one of our guests that's been recurring is my girlfriend that I love a yeah. great deal. So she doesn't hold a candle to these two. <laughs> me at least. I mean, she's she's great. She's wonderful. She's number three. <laughs> Maybe my brother-in-law. He's all right. I uh, often when we have these exchanges on here, I'm like, man, Tanya and I are kindred spirits. 
Yeah. Yeah. I bet if you got us together to talk about Christian deconstruction, like it would be a wild time. I have been trying not to talk about it too much in this episode because I have a recommendation for you and I will be texting it to you once we're done. Please do. I will. Um, Oh man, I yes, I also have recommendations. One day the two of you can get together and do a podcast episode. I just don't know where we'll put it because we both do Boy Meets World podcasts. So, <laughs> I mean, but we also do po- podcasts about eating shrimp and talking about video games. <laughs> while uh-huh. we eat That's shrimp. true. <laughs> yeah, and we did we do our time loop day episodes. It's very true. little to do with Boy Meets World. Yeah. I mean, very little. I mean, nothing. If you guys don't know, I invented a holiday, so I never had to go to other people's uh, Thanksgivings um, because other people's families are great for them, but they're the worst for outsiders. Um, Just like it says in Turkey Day. That's what I'm saying. But so I invented a holiday called Time Loop Day, where I watch my favorite Time Loop episodes of shows as well as Groundhog Day. And that's very good. You the three rules of Time Loop Day. You cannot get out of your pajamas. Um, you must eat breakfast burritos for at least one meal and, uh, you must watch time loop content. Um, so it is a holiday I invented and, uh, I celebrated on Thanksgiving for the last nine years. Um, but we have done a time loop episode the last two years. And this year we reviewed the Hulu original boss level, which was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, me either. It is a movie. It's a movie. (laughs) A guy like a former Navy SEAL special ops guy is stuck in a time loop where he dies at like four o'clock every day. Yeah, there's like assassins that are coming after him from like the moment he wakes up. Yeah. From the moment like a guy is trying to stab him with a knife as he's waking up every morning and like he's learning to like survive the loop. Uh, And then it turns into a movie about like how he's estranged from his son. You You need a new rule for your holiday. What is it? Things cannot be that stressful. (laughs) That is way too stressful for a holiday that you made up. Well, that's fun. It's a it's a fun movie because it's all ridiculous action scenes. Like Mm -hmm. every moment of that movie is an excuse to have just a ridiculous action scene, like him using a minigun to kill a guy and then him using the guy's body to knock the guy out of the minigun and commandeer the helicopter and like just crazy, ridiculous stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a book right now. That's a, it's the time loop. So you're reading a time loop book. What is it? Yeah. It's uh, the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Cameron's probably that's heard of it. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I talked about it on the besties, and we were that's, like, "What was it called?" I can't remember. That's yeah. why I got it, and it's it's really good so far. I'm only about uh, a third of the way through. But. Okay, I need to get that one. Yes. I, I was looking for a book to read last month, and we were trying to remember the name like, of that I book. I even looked back because they list out all the stuff they talked about now, but they didn't. Yeah. mention that one. Um, yeah, I had to go it, back and listen because I was like, I need that book. So yeah, we I could not remember what episode it was, but. I want to read it. Um, That is not the episode I actually watched or the movie I actually watched on Time Loop Day because I do think it would be too stressful, though. Mm -hmm. Um, We watched uh, A Map of Tiny Perfect Things, which is like a teen rom-com time movie. It was very cute. I enjoyed it. It was very cute. So, all right. What was the one that we loved so much? About Time? Yeah. Yeah. About Time. About Time is a fantastic Uh movie. I, I, I struggled to think of it because he's in control of the time powers. Uh-huh. So I struggle to think if it's a time loop or not, but it is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched that one. It's really good. Mm-hmm. About time. That's the wreck. Watch B&B's B&B and About and Time. And About Time. And um, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and Cowboy <laughs> 
I'll, I'll get around to it. Arcane. Arcane. I've enjoyed the Wheel of Time so far. I have not. Oh, okay then. Controversy. I am oh. so upset about it. To? I, I read the books a, a while back. Not all of them. I never finished the series. Same. That's exactly Cameron's experience. I didn't enjoy them that much. I, I remember enjoying them. I started re-listening to an audiobook recently and I was like, I can't get through this. What is wrong with me? Maybe it's just like my brain being stressed out. Then I started the show and I was like, this is going to be great. And I got like 30 minutes in. I was like, this is awful. It picks and up. I've, I've heard it picks up after episode three, which we're not that much further yeah, than that. Episode so. four is pretty. I anyway. Read the, I, I read the first two Wheel of Time books hated them started reading book three and then someone told me around book six or seven it really takes off and i was just like how no. many are there it's like like 13 an or 14. ungodly amount yeah 13 or 14 it's crazy and i was just like i'm not waiting that long to but enjoy a book series i'm done watch the show or don't maybe you'll like it maybe you won't or maybe definitely you'll never definitely you'll watch, watch arcane yeah do watch that one it, it, wholeheartedly it, recommend that one one of the best like depictions of a mentally unstable character i've ever seen in my entire life it's true yeah well and it's got cool magic fists that's all i've got well i want to say thank you to dizzy parker for the use of our theme song so make sure you check out the link in the episode's description so that you can see that music video and all the other wonderful stuff that he does and now that's all that i've got Mm -hmm. yeah we want to get these two to bed because they are an hour after us tuck us in here you go we'll we'll sing you a song (laughs) i won't yeah i was like i don't know what (laughs) i thought we were gonna get a lullaby I, I, not, not this time. I don't know any. Aww. Not today. But thank you guys for doing this. Uh-huh. I know the tournament is a big ask. So yeah. Thank you for having us. We always love doing it. Yeah, it's a blast. We we love talking to you guys. I love talking to you guys. Hmm. Um, we and... only stay up this late for you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Warms my heart. Yeah. So if you're if this is your first time running into Alden and Tanya, you can check them out on Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Nice at BMG and BMW. I think yes. is that right? Yes. Got it in one. Check them out there. Um, they're ahead of us. They're in season six. Talking about we're, college we're life. Quickly uh, headed towards the end of season six. Yeah. You guys, um, I, I think I've told you this, but you guys are set to be the first Boy Meets World podcast to ever finish the show. <laughs> yeah. We need to be uh, consistent in order to do that. So if you're way ahead. <laughs> yeah. Boy Meets World was on course, but they've had to take some breaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys are now about a season ahead of them. Jess and Sarah on Shit 90 shows might catch up because they just double up. Yeah, they're too yeah, they are going through it so fast. They're just like machines. I, I was looking through um, Siege uh, of Brummie's World suggested idea that we get all of the Brummie's World podcasts together and do like a wife swap host swap for one episode like where one of us <laughs> stays and the other one like goes on a different show. Oh, that's a good idea. Um. And I was curious one time, so I went to see like all the active ones and there's like five or six active ones. Um, but you guys are by far the furthest ahead. Good for us. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a, it's been a long road, but we just kept talking about Boy Meets World and it just happened. <laughs> it's like the only trip. two hours we get to spend together every week. <laughs> oh, that's how you spend it. That's yeah. fantastic. I mean, it's cute in a lot of ways. Like you watch something together, then you talk to each other about it. Just mm-hmm. happens yeah. that you have listeners who talk back. It's like mm-hmm. a, just a relationship in microcosm. <laughs> 
That's cute. But yeah, definitely check them out. Um, I Whenever I find an interesting episode of Boy Meets World and I want to know what other people think, I immediately go to their show. Um, oh, thanks. Stop. So I don't listen to every episode because I think about Boy Meets World too much as it is. <laughs> yes. It takes yeah, too I, much I of that. my time. But I always, um, I think this season, uh, I did listen to your guys' Dangerous Secrets episode because I was like, I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually curious as to what we thought about it too. <laughs> I'm like, I know there was something at the end I didn't like. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but yeah, all right, we'll, well let all, you guys get to bed. We and we'll just say so long, world. So long, world. When the storm is